Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Episode 40 of This Is Us 2 is brought to you by Minute With Mary. It's a great place to discover new makeup. And if you search the hashtag Minute With Mary, I'm going to be able to share some tips and tricks to help you maybe be a little bit more confident or creative when it comes to color. And listen, guys, I know the holiday season is coming. And if you feel like you would like a little extra spending money, I would love to work with you. We can talk about this. So shoot me a message. See what I do. Just search the hashtag Minute With Mary on Facebook. And if you would like to talk about about possibly doing the business with me and joining my team, I'd love to chat. How'd it go at work today? I kicked that proposal's ass. That's what's up. How'd it go with you? Uh, it's complicated. Stuff's always complicated for me. What is? It's just where I fit in. How I come off to certain people. It's either I'm trying too hard or I'm not trying hard enough. Never get it right. From Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hello and welcome. My name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake. And I'm firmly in the camp of saying that my writer crush continues. (laughs) You know what? My writer crush for Kay Oyegan. Okay. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I've decided anytime that I ever mention Kay's name, I'm playing some Whitney because Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm thinking... (laughs) That 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 Kay deserves. Kay's gonna start to get a little little shrine action Kay, in our studio here. Kay, gonna... Kay might have to be a little worried. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. My goodness gracious. Well, you know, this episode had so many tense feelings going on between all of the major characters. And there was one thing that uh kind of hit me. A little bit and in a different way. Um, And it was Kate. And it was Kate's story about being able to pass on a little bit of Jack. Mm. And um, this has been something that has been a little hard for me personally. So in my family, my last name is Earl. It's a pretty common name, but it's, you know, our, our family, the Earl family is a little small. It's a little little, little piece of, of specialness here in the Ocean State. And my dad had one sibling. It was a, a, my Uncle John who passed away, and they had one daughter. So they didn't have a son to pass down the name Earl. And um, I don't know what the future holds for my cousin, but as of now, she is not you know, with anybody doesn't seem to be on the track to having children. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what, what her scoop will be if she will continue the Earl name or not. But, um, my brother had two daughters, so he didn't really necessarily uh, pass down the name Earl to a, a male. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and he has taken procedures to have no more children. So, <laughs> that, so that is done. And then, of course, I changed my last name. I got married to Blake. And I know 
especially this day and age, some women are keeping their their um, maiden names. I kept it as a little piece of my name. I kept it as a second middle name. So I have two middle names. But um, there's been a huge part of me that has wanted to have a third child. Now, some of you who are listening are going, hold up, girl. You have postpartum depression. Blake had male postpartum depression. Y'all crazy because your kids are gremlins half the time. I know, I know. No, I know. not not half the time. Uh, most of the time, let's be real. <laughs> and and it's been a big discussion. I'm being open and real and honest. This is what we do in this podcast. It's been a, a big topic of discussion for Blake and I. Uh, we're we're not in the position right now to have a third child, but there's been a big part of me that wanted to have a boy with the middle name Earl. I couldn't really get my name Earl as a first name. I don't really see that happening for a boy living in Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> come on over here, Earl. But, uh, you know, there's like this piece of me that wants to carry on a piece of my family, wants to carry on even something that, you know, I got from my dad. And so when Kate said that, it like hit me in the gut a little bit because I was like, man, I selfishly want another child, particularly a boy, to pass down something of my dad as well. Granted, it may it may be his physical traits, it may not, but like I wanted to do that little bit. And I don't know if that's in the future for us. It may not be. I mean, Lord knows when you go from two to three, things get crazy. You need a different car. You can't go to Disney World easily. (laughs) All these different things. I've heard it, guys. I know. But I sat there and I said, Kate, I feel you. So let me ask you, yeah. if, if we had a boy named Earl, yeah. does, does it come out with a toupee and a cigar coming out of his mouth just immediately? Oh, see, I was seeing Earl as like redneck. Like oh, I was seeing like, oh, okay. Earl, come on over here and milk that cow. <laughs> <laughs> I see him more like, I see him more like. He's you like, see like the dapper Earl. No, no. I see him more like he's a bookie. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know why. Really? He's like, he's like a bookie over at like. The, the, like <laughs> Guys, you need to let us know on the like This Is Us dog Two races. group. Like like, he, he's sitting there, like you know, in a chair, smoking a cigar, no, drinking coffee. I've been seeing like some little kid, totally with freckles, like he would totally be our kid, with, like with an overall, just overalls, and like one unbuttoned, going and being like, "Ma, dad, where's my cow? My chickens? Ma, ma dad, <laughs> where are my chickens? That's what I've been picturing. So that's why I've told myself if we ever did have a third and it was a boy, we couldn't name him Earl because he would he'd be like in Cranston Rhode Island can we have chickens I, how about we just how about we give him the overalls and we take him to the dog track and then and then we'll be fine we're covered <laughs> alright you know so before we get into this episode what I wanted to do was actually set the record straight on a couple of things from last episode oh. um, if you noticed and I did not notice so I'm not taking credit for this I have to give credit to the This Is Us Facebook page Jack was actually wearing his green Florida t-shirt on his first date his with green Rebecca. Florida t-shirt. Now, why is that one important? Because well, it's his lucky shirt. That's the oh, one that he loves and the one that Rebecca hates. That's maybe why it's his lucky shirt. I know. Well, oh. it was lucky because of, of the story that he told, yeah. but it's also lucky because yeah, he exactly. had his first date yes. with Rebecca. Well, that was not he, a lucky date. Let's so, be real. Well, no, I mean, see, I heard a lot of people say that it was <laughs> a horrible know. date. Do you yeah. think it was a horrible date? I don't think it was a horrible date, but I wouldn't say it was like... It wasn't good. I mean, but on the, on, the, on the flip side, it was the day he met her. So that was lucky. Okay. Uh, Franco Harris. A lot of confusion has been said about <laughs> Franco Harris. Okay, Franco Harris is a football player that was featured in the last episode. Uh, in a, he's a real life football player. He okay. is not related to Deja. He is not related to anybody in the Pearson clan yeah. in any way. I think this is us took a chance 
by trying to humanize Franco Harris for the story to give it more of a, a, a an effect and theme. Uh, they tried to show you that a, a person's life can be changed in one instant. And the theme of the Immaculate, immaculate Reception, which Franco Harris caught, it was a pass thrown by Terry Bradshaw. It hit some guys, uh, the opposing defender, Raiders' foot. Franco Harris caught the ball. It changed everybody's lives. It solidified the Steelers as like the, the, the greatest team of the 70s. It was a big deal. And it also just happened to be on the day that Kate, uh, Jack and Rebecca had their first date. So Franco Harris is not related to, to Deja or the Pearsons no, we know. or anybody. We know. Well, no, but there's there's been a lot of chatter about this, and uh, people didn't understand why Franco Harris was in there. I didn't. I know you didn't, and like that's the thing. It's it, yeah. They it took was a confusing. chance. They, they took, took a, a chance. chance saying like, let's see if we can get deep. And in my opinion, there's already too many people in this show. Right. Okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I, I think they confused a lot of people. I think if you really, really pay attention to the show, you like you like, like you're you're a nerd about it, like I am, or or you are. I think people understood it and they were like, okay, it's just a theme thing. But for those who are kind of watching it a little bit, you, you know, more casually, they're mm-hmm. like, all right, who's this dude? Like, why? How is he in this family? Like, it's it's a whole thing. So I just wanted to say, Franco Harris is a real football player who played on the Steelers, who was the recipient of the Immaculate Reception. Uh, in the 70s, which just happened to be on the first date of Jack and Rebecca. And speaking of that, the mm-hmm. funny thing I realized on my second watch of this episode was that Jack never saw the Immaculate Reception because he was too busy on his date with Rebecca. So throughout the entire date, people are saying, hey, did you see the Did you see the end? Did you see the end? Oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, man, that's crazy. That's like you. Yeah. <laughs> when we go traveling and if Blake's just too busy and he, he like, He'll look on his phone and he'll see like, oh, okay, this is what the baseball players did. <laughs> and you'll just start shooting, shooting the, you know what, in the elevators of people. Oh, yeah, you you see that? You see that? And I'm like, you didn't see it. I've, I've been with you all day by the pool. You didn't see it. <laughs> so for the very fact that when the guy at the ticket booth says, hey, did you see the end? And she's like, what end? What game? And when Jack says, yeah, she's not human. I thought that was very funny, mm-hmm. but he didn't see the end either. And mm-hmm. he was just he was just giving everybody the business, so giving giving a little a little bit of a line. So I wanted to get all those things out of the way. So the title for this episode was a Philadelphia story, which was where uh, it, it it's a story about uh, Randall's beginning. It seems like mm-hmm. it also seems like a story about William and uh, the community center and all. It's so it's a Philadelphia story. The director was Chris Koch, uh, who directed Three Sentences, The Most Disappointed Man, and The Fifth Wheel, and the writer. And it's my girl Kay. <laughs> Kay O'Yagan. Uh, and it looks like she's actually graduated to being a full writer on the staff. She no longer is she just a story editor. No longer she is was she in the, the, in the after show. Yes, she was. She mm-hmm. was in the after show. So no longer is she just a staff writer. She is actually a writer on the staff for This Is Us. And she has written I Call Marriage, The Most Disappointed Man, That'll Be the Day, and This Big, Amazing, Beautiful Life. What do you got for your lemonade rating on this episode, my uh, darling? My lemonade rating is a 4.7. I enjoyed it. I didn't cry, which usually like bumps it to the five. Um, <laughs> but William was in it. And, and now that we get little sprinklings of William, I mean, that bumps things up. 
tremendously. Sure. I enjoyed seeing a lot of this. It's it's hard for me to swallow this episode. It was not a fun one. I'll tell you what. It wasn't fun. I had a whole lot of awkward feelings. Oh, all the awkward But it was feelings. a good episode. A solid good episode. How about you? I'm giving it a four and a half. I, you know, a lot of people weren't huge fans of this episode. Okay. And I kind of get it. I mean, I think this episode was good. It was not great. And unlike the premiere, which I think was a little underbaked, mm-hmm. in my opinion, this episode, I think, was just charged with too much to do. And this is the problem with having a premiere not being an overwhelming success, like not being like this unbelievable, like, oh my God, you know, it puts just too much pressure on the next episode to set our characters or yeah. the story in motion. So I, I think for this particular episode, I, I feel I felt a little clumsy and I think it put relationships that don't really matter, like the whole thing with Chi-Chi and the whole thing with the councilman way to the forefront when they're already trying to do too much mm-hmm. with the Pearson clan. Mm-hmm. But I will say it does give us a good push for our current season to get started with all of our characters. So we'll get into more of that in a little bit. What do you got for your GBG? Okay, my GBGs. Seeing William again, that's my good. And I loved that he was even portrayed younger, you know, by a little over a decade. I am just in awe of all of these actors who are able to portray themselves in different decades. So it was fun, A, to be with William, but also in this type of his life that we really haven't been able to see. Sure. How about the uh, makeup really, too? Oh my God. Exactly. Like I'm just, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like we really haven't seen this actor as a younger William. So mm. it was fun to see that. Uh, my bad was seeing how everyone is coping with the death of Jack. Now this, once again, I tr- I traditionally do my bads not as a critique of the episode, but just how I felt in the episode. I feel terribly about how everyone is dealing with Jack. It makes me so sad that they do not have close family nearby. They don't have necessarily this like really close friend network. They do not have a village, mm-hmm. okay? Except Randall. Randall has his village of his friends and of the family. You see, he goes for that dinner and everybody's dancing and having a good old time. He has like a village of people outside where he can go and have fun. But we don't see that for Kate. We don't see a friend group for young Kate. We don't see a friend group for young Kevin. We don't see that for Rebecca. Rebecca isn't close with her mother. Rebecca doesn't have people coming over saying, oh, you're moving? Let me take the teens out. You're looking for houses? How about I come over and I bring over some casseroles? I'm not seeing that. And it's breaking my heart for the Pearsons that they don't have their village. My great, however, was Jack's presence in this episode, particularly through Randall. So Randall, you know, with the whole thing with Kate saying, I want to pass down a piece of Jack. Uh, We've we've said it before. We'll say it again. Randall is frequently the character that has grown up to be most like Jack. Mm -hmm. And what he did calling to cancel his attending university is something Jack did. Jack right. put his family above himself. So it really seemed like unRandall-like at first, like, wow, really? Randall's going to give up on him, on his goal of this university? But Randall is the one holding it down for the family and saying, I'm going to put their emotional well-being before mine. And and you can see that, it, you know, just in so many terms of how he handles his family, how, um, how he's always just trying to make the world a better place, just changing that light bulb, these little things that is so much like Jack. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that, A, we got Jack's voice interwoven, but really we were able to see a lot of aspects of Jack in Randall. And that's mm-hmm. why that hurt Randall so much at the end when... He heard that Kate said that, you know, she wanted to pass down a little bit of Jack. Right. So how about you? What was your GBG? Well, before I get my GBG, I actually yeah. wanted to say, because I forgot my notes here, 
uh, a Philadelphia story could be a reference to the film The Philadelphia Story, by the way. That was it took place in night. Well, actually, I don't know what out, that is. It came out in 1940. It's with Jimmy Stewart and Audrey Hepburn and the whole thing. Okay. So I'm not going to nerd out about the whole thing, but it, it could be a reference to to that old film. So which which is actually kind of cool. Okay. Okay. My good. The ending was was very good. When Randall asks Kevin what he missed while he was in Philly, he learns that a big part of Kate's desire to have a biological baby. Oh, so that she could go to Jack. It, 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 that can all be a part of Jack. And I think the fact that Kevin doesn't want to have kids is plainly said, which is great. And because he doesn't want to have kids and because, you know, she is the only real true Pearson bloodline that wants to have children, it brings up this great conversation about Randall. Who is Randall? Is he really a Pearson? Is it this real nature thing versus nurture? And it's setting up this fantastic uh, confrontation between Randall and Kate. And I think the rest of the, not the rest of the Pearsons, but specifically Randall and Kate. Something that we really haven't seen quite yet. And I think it's going to be excellent to see how Randall handles this. And awkward. <laughs> yeah. It's super awkward, yes. right? You know? But that's what you're saying. Like you're not saying excellent like, yeah, it's going to be so fun. You're saying like excellent because it is confrontation, it is real life. This kind of stuff gets said and dropped and accidentally feelings get hurt all the time. Right. And because this is us handles these kind of topics, you're excited to see those real yeah, things like be it, handled it, it, in the it, show. I, yeah. I, Kate, I don't think Kate meant anything by it. Not at all. But it could be one of those things where it just it you know, one sentence to a person that is in the wrong frame of mind well, and also can just Kevin, explode their world. And Kevin like we're coming the context in it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if for Kate to say that, you know, she's meaning like, I want to see Jack's eyes. I want to see Jack's hair. Like Kate could have meant just like, I want to have physical bloodline. Like right. what you're talking about. I'm the only one who can actually probably do that right now. Right. Had Kevin said that in context to Randall, it would have been a little different, but exactly. Kevin's feelings were hurt. Randall's feelings were hurt. It's going to be a whole lot of awkward. Right. And that, this is what happens in families. Yeah. People say things without the full context. People's feelings get hurt without really being able to digest. Oh, this is what Kate meant. Yep. So my bad was as much as I was excited to see Rob Morgan, who was the councilman, mm-hmm. uh, Councilman Brown, <laughs> yeah. and and he was in Daredevil and everything. Um, I thought his story and how it was handled. I felt I felt that it was. I'm sorry, Kay. I felt that it was a little heavy handed, mm-hmm. uh, and really not wholly necessary for the for the nature of what I think Kay was trying to accomplish. Which was, I think she's trying to tell a story about Randall, and I don't think Rob Morgan was necessary. And the same thing kind of goes with um, with William too a little bit here i felt like william's story is as happy as i was to see william i felt yep. like it was a little disjoint not not disjointed disconnected from everything else i completely disagree okay, oh, that's fine that's fine because i liked that the baby is the girl that randall helps uh deja connect with i thought right. that was neat right well i mean i know i i think it's i think it's neat i think it's it i think it is cool it, it i think there's some loose connections there but i just feel like there was too much that this episode tried to do. It tried to tell the story of William. It tried to tell Councilman Brown. It tried to tell all the stuff with the IVF. It tried to tell all the stuff with Kevin and then all the stuff with Randall. It's like, it was like so much. And, and I had, I had my head spinning mm-hmm. really. Um, and I think, I feel like if they just stuck with Randall and they tr- tried to tell the story that they wanted to tell, it would have been a much better episode. Uh, but my great, my great 
was absolutely the use of Jack in this episode. Yes. Just like you, my darling. Yes. Jack in this episode was freaking awesome. I mean, both in terms of Rebecca interacting with his voice mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. flashback and in visually with Kevin and in his dream. It was a masterpiece in showing you where the characters are, what they want, and what they need. It continues This Is Us's uh, excellent work in using Jack, but really putting a point on how he affects our characters. It shows you that while the show doesn't need to have Jack on screen at all times, it shows you the kind of impact, Mm -hmm. even in small spurts, that Jack can have. And having Rebecca interact with his voice, and, and then contextualizing it later on in that episode... It was freaking awesome. And I, it, it was one of the more creative things that This Is Us has done mm-hmm. because it shows you who, like, uh, the, the kind of state of mind that she's in when she gets the coffee cup and all that other stuff. It's the state of mind that Rebecca is in. She, she still looks at Jack as he's a participating member of the family. That was excellent. And I hope that during this timeline, we get more. We get more, more, more of Rebecca interacting with like with with Ghost Jack. Yes, that's yes. what I want. I, I desperately, desperately want that. Are you ready to get to the big three feedback? You bet. All right, let's do it. And we said that's three. Big three. Big three. All right, Yay. Candy Candy Heart Sock says three and a half lemonades. The good was she loved the William uh, flashback and the friendship with Chi Chi and her daughter and seeing them with Randall and Deja in the future and everything. The bad was Toby and his meds. Of course, this will not end well. And Rebecca jumping all over Kate about the IVF and mentioning her weight again instead of just telling her in the beginning that she is scared of losing her. And the great Rebecca giving her hormone shot. Of course, it's her way of showing her support. Mm -hmm. And Kevin telling Randall that Kate thinks that she's the only one who can carry on dad's legacy wow that is right? that's some big stuff the look on his face Ooh. was heartbreaking she cannot wait for next week Ellie gives this episode four lemonades it was a good episode I liked that Rebecca voiced her opinion on Kate and Toby's situation she also showed her support by giving Kate her IVF treatment I think it was really insensitive for Kate to say that she was the only one who can carry on a little bit of Papa Jack it was more awful for Kevin than to repeat it to Randall I think no matter how kids come into a family they are special and each child has a part of their parents with them, whether biologically or adopted. They can carry them within their heart. Oh, and Heather Gonzalez says, 4.2 Lemonades feels like a good foundation for season three. Agree, Heather. Um, the good was Rebecca being on autopilot, you know, setting out two coffee cups and then realizing that Jack wasn't there to drink Reminded it. Reminded me of Dr. K. Right, right, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she felt like uh, when she gave the coffee to Randall, it was almost like a passing of the uh, the baton. The bad was watching Randall struggle with his friend's parents happily dancing in the living room and later on that night making a decision to call Howard to decline his acceptance. And the great was Ron Cephas Jones. She loves seeing William and she's really curious to see how they incorporate his storyline and, and all the people that he touched into the development of Randall's character. So, I, again, I think this episode is a good episode and i think what it does is it sets up all 
of the characters for the what they are. The chessboard is set. You know, yes. and this was episode two. So you can't come out of the gates, you know, killing people, <laughs> making people cry, all these <laughs> things. You just can't. You need to properly set up the chessboard. So now we're able to start seeing, ooh, we've got this Kevin Zoe thing we need to be concerned about. Right. Randall. Randall's got a lot of personal stuff going on. Oh, and then Randall Kate. All right. And then we've got the IVF situation. Toby. Like all of the pieces are being set. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. Was this a horse's episode? No. Probably not. No. It was a ponies, but the ponies, you know. This was the, a pony. This is this is the practicing the laps, getting ready for ready for the Kentucky Derby. Okay. They're they're getting ready. They're lined up. Right. So when it comes to this episode, I feel like, like I said, it, it had to set everybody up. And I think what it comes down to and why I liked it, I think mm-hmm. more than most, is because of wants and needs, right? Mm. So whenever you're writing drama, you, you, a character has wants and a character has needs. And wants are usually something that is like um, part of their inner core. It's it's like, it's primal. It's something big. Like, I, I want money. I want power. I want status, that kind of thing. Something that everyone can relate to, right? Something that you can relate to, I can relate to. That is a want. Give me an example on the show. Uh, well, I'm going to give you an example. Okay. <laughs> and the needs, the needs is something that like a character does in order to fulfill something within themselves. Like uh, a need is what makes that character a better version of themselves. So you said, give me an example. Yeah. All right. So I think the main example for this and, and the, the, the core of this story is Randall. But each character has wants and needs, and they were all set up very okay. very easily and very carefully. I think for Toby, he wants a baby to make his own family, to, get, to, 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 to do his own thing. He already has problems with his parents. He doesn't talk to his brother. He wants his own family. But what he needs is to learn how to communicate better with Kate. However, I need to give major props for Toby for bringing me to laugh out loud when the IVF fell. And he said, I'm a heroin addict. <laughs> I know, that's awesome. Uh, Kate, what she wants is a baby to pass on of a version of her dad and to make peace with her dad. But what she needs to see, well, what she needs is to see that family comes in many different forms and that sometimes the people in front of you are who have the best interests for yourself. Mm-hmm. For Kevin, what he wants is to have his dad finally be proud of him. Yes. What he needs is to be proud of himself, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah. He, needs to, he needs to understand that he is a movie star now. Yes. He needs to understand that he can have a relationship with Zoe. Uh, I'm not feeling it. I was just going to say, are you in or out on Zoe? Oh my gosh, I am so out. You're and can out. I, can I just yes, say- Yes, I converted you. Can I you. just say, I feel terrible for Kevin, okay? His first big night, the, the night that he returned to the Manny- It was all about Randall. Randall's sad. And now, this one, it's all about Kate. Kate's sad. (laughs) Nobody's like, hey, Kevin, you're actually like a really flipping big deal right now. And it takes until he's on the red carpet and Zoe sees him on Instagram or whatever to be like, okay, I'll come back and hang out with you. When he got his phone message, Mm -hmm. I was crossing my fingers that it was Sophie saying, hey, good luck tonight. I really wanted it to be from Sophie. I know. And it was freaking Zoe. I did too. I wanted it to be from Sophie But I just feel bad. Kevin, all Kevin wants wants is acknowledgement he wants people to be proud of him right (laughs) nobody's sitting there being like great job kevin everyone's busy with their own problems with the ivf and randall with with all the stuff that he is you know what kevin needs what kevin 
needs a best friend. Kevin definitely needs a best friend. He needs like entourage. He needs like the entourage group, but for him, like that show entourage, whatever, you know, entourage. Yeah. He needs that (laughs) turtle. Wasn't some guy named turtle. Yes, it's, he needs it a was turtle. turtle. <laughs> I was he really, totally needs a turtle, and like I was kind of hoping that Toby could be his turtle and just like chill out and be like, "Yeah, man, like I'll go to all the parties." But Toby's cray cray right now, <laughs> so he can't be his entrepreneur. Uh, uh, whatever, I still can't say the dang word. Uh, aunt- <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, there you go. Uh, and, uh, you know, I loved the thing where. Kevin woke up from his, well, I was having the dream of, of the premiere and Jack was there and he was sleeping. That was so effing awesome. It shows you exactly what Kevin is thinking and how he was feeling just by showing you something. Right. There's no words, no dialogue, no nothing. This is why my girl Kay rocks. She knows how to do this stuff. And by the way, the visual iconography of Kevin here. Remember how we talked about how in this big, amazing, beautiful life, she Kay took things from Deja's life and then kind of attached them to things that we already know in the Pearson's life, Mm -hmm. like the brooch with Kevin's necklace and all that other stuff. She did that again, but with Kevin in this instance, right? So what it comes down to for Kevin is, and what I mean is we see Kevin revisit all the places he went to in number one, raising his, but in this instance, he's raising his hands in triumph. He's going, ah, whether it was, (laughs) Uh, whether it was on the football field or it, it was on the stage. And we immediately know what he feels, but in a different context. This is more out of pity in the teenage years. A kid who feels sorry for himself, wanting to know, I, can I still be a somebody in mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. in these stages, in these various um, these various places in my life, wishing to get back to his glory days when the whole future is actually ahead of him. Whereas in, the, in his 30s, in number one, it was about self-loathing. It was about recognizing what he has done is small and insignificant. The football field and the, and the stage mm-hmm. didn't matter at mm-hmm. all. And I... I <laughs> freaking awesome. It's just great stuff. It really, truly is. Okay, but for Rebecca, the want that she has... Rebecca's want is very, it's it's a little bit more complicated, but she wants the kind of relationship with her kids that Jack had, right? So we, we always saw J- Jack kind of go easy on Kate, whereas Rebecca was always the one that kind of pushed her on what she was eating. And, it, and in this episode, she doesn't, she just doesn't mind what Kate is eating. She gives her the excuse that Jack would give. Hey man, it's, you've, we've had a hot couple of months. Mm-hmm. I gained 25 pound, pounds. It's okay okay and then she takes the cookie and she eats it right she's letting her kid be eat herself into what will become morbidly obese but what she needs is to accept that she cannot have the relationship with jack with the kids that jack had she isn't capable of that she's not jack right she isn't jack and what makes rebecca amazing are things that are very different than Jack, you know? And I don't think it's bad. I think I think Rebecca needs to calm it down with her honesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she needs to take a few moments. Like, had she, for example, in the car, talking about the IVF, I wish she had just, like, turned on the music or been like, Miguel, I'm going to be flipping out. I need you to, like, <laughs> do what you do best and just chat about, like, pigs in a blanket or something because I need to digest why I'm upset. Can we just talk about your more? Y'all been sleeping on my boy Miguel. He was awesome in this episode. <laughs> John Huertas has 
Yeah, he has converted me. I, I. You're on the on, Miggy train. I'm on the Miggy train. <laughs> Just give it to me. Give me all the Miggy train. Amen. You want to know why? When Kevin comes in and says, "Hey, what's going on here?" Miguel says, "Oh, well, Kate and Toby are getting in vitro, and your mother knows everything. There is no but IVF because of Eloise and Plaza." And <laughs> Kevin's like the book, and Miguel just says, "No." <laughs> oh. You know what I'm so excited about? Oh. Thanksgiving because oh. it's coming. I can't. Thanksgiving's wait. coming, and I hope Miggy gets the hat. Oh, uh, Miggy's totally gonna get the hat. You want to know why? Why? Because Kevin, he is on the Miggy train too. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh, maybe they'll all have hats. Oh, my okay. boy, your boy Miguel. Let's, let's talk about what Randall needs. You're glad. You're glad he's your boy now, is aren't you? Oh, you know, you know why I'm excited because <laughs> Miguel would totally have a nine foot tall Halloween inflatable in his yard, <laughs> just like we do at this moment. And yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's all I'm going to say. All right, all Rand- the inflatables. But, but Randall, Randall okay. is the one that's all over this episode, and is it is a Randall centric episode. Mm-hmm. It's something that is found. The foundation of this episode is who Randall is and what he is doing, and which is why I think again it's called a Philadelphia story. Randall does a lot of things to move the plot forward for this episode, like not accept his acceptance to Howard. He mm-hmm. stays home. And or he even goes out to fix the community center in Philadelphia. He goes out and tries to get with Councilman Brown. But what's the point? What's the whole point here for Randall? What Kevin, what, sorry, what Randall wants is validation. Mm-hmm. What he wants is to find out from everyone that he is like his dad's. He wants to know that he can live up to their legacy and he can't resist the amazing well, the, the pull from his two amazing dads. But what he needs is to become emotionally independent. Hmm. He needs to carve out his own identity. And the reveal about Kate saying that <sighs> only she was the one who could pass down anything of Jack <sighs> is the beginning of this whole venture for Randall. Yep, yep. And see, again, so what someone wants is a big primal thing. But what they need is something usually small. Mm -hmm. And it's usually something that makes them a better character. It makes them a better person. And that is what Randall needs. When he says, I can never get it right. Oh. And, you know, I can kind of feel him on that one. I I always feel like, man, I go throughout my life, I do the things that I can do, and I just can't get it right. One one way I'm doing something else and it works. But then in my family life, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But if I do something for my family life, it doesn't work in my work life. It's like, what the hell can I do here? You know, I, I'm just, I don't know. He's don't struggling know. a lot, man. Hey, the, what about- The juggle is real. What about uh, Chi-Chi and her daughter, Sky? Was this a good thing for you? Was this a good inclusion? I did uh, like it because it showed me younger William. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like how she spoke to Randall. It made me feel kind of bad, you know, mm-hmm. saying like, you don't really get it. Like, this is how it is and whatever. I mean, she did say something like, oh, I see you know, a lot of your father on you. But still, I just didn't love the interaction between Chi-Chi and Randall. What I was happy more about is that Randall was able to find um, a new group of girlfriends for Deja. Right. I'm a huge believer in villages and community, if you guys haven't picked that up by now in this episode. <laughs> and Deja's missing that. She's missing that for her peers. She doesn't want to be part of the Taylor Swift group, okay? Yep. She doesn't want to be part of the Milk Lovers group. She <laughs> just wants to dance. <laughs> and so Randall said, awesome. start your own. She wasn't down with it. So he found some girls who were doing step. And so really, I was I was happy about that. I'm happy that there's a community. Um, I don't know. I don't know how, how I feel about Chi-Chi. I'm glad she went to Randall's, um, to William's party. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I don't really know. So Kate's been getting a lot of hate lately. I mean, between, you know, 
people are blaming the, her for the fact that Toby's not taking his pills. You know, Kate's being pouty at the party. People the are le- blaming Kate? Yeah, they're saying like, oh, she's forcing him to not take his pills because she wants, you know, she's like not conversing with him about this whole this whole situation. And he is like, she. they feel like that she's putting him in the position where he feels like he has to do it. It's not saying like Kate is saying, don't take your pills, but more like, Kate is putting her in the putting him in the position of not wanting to take his pills and not talking enough with him about it. Kate was being party uh, pouty at the party last episode. Again, she's not consulting Toby on the IVF, and she's not being open to adoption despite the fact that her brother was adopted. And then the whole thing where she's the only one who can pass down her father's traits, yada yada. Are you in or out on Kate hate? I'm on the fence. You're on the fence. How so? Mm, I think Kate still needs to be in therapy, all right? Mm-hmm. I think Kate needs a friend. I think Kate's got a lot going on, mm-hmm. and she's about to have a lot more going on as she's going to have to start taking care of Toby. Right. I'm worried. I Do I think the Kate hate is necessary? Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I find it... Um, I find it a little short-sighted for all the Kate hate lately. Agreed. Like, I think everybody goes through really rough times in their lives. Right. Especially when you're really delving into some hard core guilt or hurt or pain, and it takes a year, a couple years, several years to really get rid of it and and work your way through it, I should say. I think... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, so I'm just... I think that Kate is now working through it. She is working towards getting healthier. She is working through her pain and her Mm -hmm. grief with her dad. Um, She is working on finding joy and creating a new life for herself, and she also has grief of her miscarriage, so... I don't necessarily think that Kate's a bad person. I don't think that um, Kate is like, I don't think that what she's going through, um, (laughs) I would be shocked if she was happy. (laughs) I would be shocked if she didn't have these moments. Right. So, um, but what I feel bad about is that she doesn't have a friend. I would agree. I mean, she has Madison, which is good. Uh, And Madison obviously is becoming a larger part of her life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I think there's an argument to be made that Kate's being a little selfish. I think there's an argument to be made that she needs to communicate more with Toby. But I feel like the Kate hate is a little irresponsible and I feel like it's a little Mm short-sighted. But when when Toby straight up up puts Rebecca in a body bag over all the stuff and, 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 and Rebecca deserved it, by the way. And you could see it in her face as soon as she was saying it, like... Oh, it's someone has to deal with your weight. Shouldn't be doing this, and and then she starts talking about how much she knows about it and all the all the other stuff. It was a total disaster of epic proportions on Rebecca's part. Oh. And you know, you, you go from her being at the wedding where she is like, "I just don't want to get in your way," and all of a sudden here she is again being like, "No, Kate, da 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 da. I know all this because my friends." my friend did this with her daughter and she had two kids and Eloise and Plaza, the two weird names, all that other stuff. Oh man. But I do kind of like how the writers have made Kate the WWE like bad guy here a little bit. They've, they've made her like the heel a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that Kate is uh, an intact. Well, she's not a villain and, Certainly not a villain, but she is she is a little bit of an antagonist here in in season two, season three so far. And I think that's the right move. I think that's the right move because everybody I think we've all um, 
fallen in love with the big three. And I think we've all respected a lot of their choices. I think we've all like either we either understand them or agree with them on almost everything. And having this kind of, again, WWE heel, like Sergeant Slaughter type feel to it where they're not, it's not bad, but it's just not wholly on board with everybody else. I feel like that's the right choice. Okay. So, um, uh, final thoughts, my darling. You got anything? Oh, man. Oh, man. I just need to give huge props to uh, the teenage actress for Kate. Oh, yes. The mannerisms. Hannah Zeal is her name. Hannah. The the mannerisms that she is able to do that is replicated then as adult Kate, like those two you could tell are working in tandem, like how their little characteristics are. I'm in awe. I mean, right. she's she's been a phenomenal actress forever, um, you know, since the show began. But I really, in this episode, I was really, really impressed with how well she did. Right. Uh, for myself, I have a question about the timeline. Not necessarily the timeline so much as the um, the events within the timeline. Meaning, we have uh, Sky, who is, I imagine, either 14, 15 years old, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is the daughter of Chi-Chi. Yes. Who met William mm-hmm. back in the day, let's say 15 years ago-ish, yeah. uh, when, when Sky was a young baby. Mm-hmm. And William is saying... He was five years clean. He was five years clean. So that puts him at like... 15, I'm sorry, that puts him about like 20 years clean-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, it puts him five years clean. So I always took it like in The Most Disappointed Man that he was an addict and then stopped because of the judge let him out and then never touched it again until that one moment right before Randall came to his house where he was almost going to do it. Ooh. So, I mean, the timeline may work, but I don't think that it does. I, I feel like there's some difference here. So it's not to say that it's wrong or the it's a plot hole or whatever. I just feel like I'm not sure if Randall was clean the entire time. William. I'm sorry, Randall. William was clean the entire time. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So um, You don't know if he dabbled. I don't know if he dabbled or whatever, like in between mm-hmm. meeting Chi-Chi but and you're being right, they released. Made it- you're right. They made it such a strong point at the being released that it made it feel like he never did it again right. after the judge told him, you know, I want you to see my face. Right. Um, you're right. Okay. So that, and that's just how I feel about it. But other than that, uh, this episode, I do feel like is good. And I think if you don't like this episode, that's and okay. And the reason is, is because of the two different actors. That's, that's, oh yeah, that, that's saying. a big yes. deal. That's okay. a big deal too. All right. I understand. Um, if you don't like this episode, go back and, and watch it again with the, I think with the lens of, wants and needs and how it sets up because you know again every episode is there for a purpose every that every episode is in line with where it needs to be and i think that purpose is to set up the rest of the season mm-hmm. uh, it may not be the most compelling stuff they've ever seen in your life but i think it's good at what it needs to do my darling do you have a hot take of the week um not Come really on. you don't have a hot take not really. Oh, uh, well, you Not know what? This week. As always, I do. Good. <laughs> so, first of all, I have a developing take. Okay. okay? I have a developing thought. I got mm-hmm. the nerds down the hall working on this one. Okay. okay? The mustache guy at the end of the premiere, mm-hmm. the, with the with the brown turtleneck and the, yeah. the guy who yeah. looks like Matt Matt Jerkery from uh, Gilmore Girls that we thought it was Logan. Yeah. 
I, you know, I was, I was not, I was, I was out on mustache guy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of in on him now. Okay. I'm kind of in. Tell me more. I'm in because he doesn't matter. The whole mystery of who the guy is and what he did, all that, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just like the whole thing with the date. It's just another thing that Rebecca and Jack have to overcome. And when you start looking at it like that, you start looking at it like it's just one more thing that they overcome. Instead of, who's this guy? What does he matter? Like, you know, was the handling of the whole situation a little clumsy? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give you that. But I'm kind of in on it. Because now I want to see what Jack does to overcome mustache guy. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna Conflict. dub this guy's name Logan. Okay. I'm gonna dub him Logan from like now from on Gilmore Girls. from Gilmore Girls because okay. he looks like Matt Shukri or whatever the heck his name was. <laughs> from now on, he is Logan. Okay. Okay. I want to see how he deals with getting around Logan. Okay. And I want to see also too how Rebecca deals with getting around Logan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that. But my real hot take of the week is that there's something beautiful about Kevin needing his dad's approval and how that is a thematic thing that has gone on. Obviously through this episode but really throughout the whole run of this is us mm-hmm. and it's culminated i re- truly i think in two ways in number one when kevin is uh seeing his dad give the speech um that the coach was actually giving and then also kevin seeing his dad asleep in his dreams yes, at, at his premiere at the premiere just uh, the the visual of that mm-hmm. of how what that means. I mean, I don't, I don't need to explain it to you, the listener. I don't need to explain it to you, yep. my, my, my darling wife. It just, the visual of that is striking, mm-hmm. right? And I, th- and I feel like the only thing that can solve that whole idea of needing dad's approval. That hole in him. Because he'll never get it because his dad is dead. Right. And, and I think the only thing that can solve that, and speaking from experience here, because I have lots of daddy issues. I have All the co-pays. I, I need, every single co-pay there ever was <laughs> for all the therapists. I've been oh, I've been well over-therapized over my dad. Um, <laughs> my experience is having a son of your own. And uh, so you think Kevin needs a son? I think Kevin's having a baby, and something <sighs> tells me it's going to be Sophie. But this is like long, far away. No, no, I'm thinking it's going to be relatively. You think Sophie's soon. already pregnant I with think Kevin's baby? Is prego, prego, totally prego. Or and, and and this that's that's more of a developing take too. I I, I I'm going back and forth between she and Zoe. I don't think Sophie would misuse. Um, contraceptive well she thought that she was kind of she was back with kevin this was the man that she loved that she was Ugh. i'm telling you there's a chance i think Sophie i'm not saying it's a huge that, chance yes i'm okay. saying and again it would be a great plot point this is in take development totally I'm, create an issue between him and kate right and i'm not going to be i'm not going to be take cornered and see that's the thing too randall's worried about who he is is he like william or is he like jack it's something that he struggled with yes. this entire thing yes he can't he, he and again it brings up the conversation of nature versus nurture is he a pearson because he was nurtured as a pearson or is he not a pearson because that's just not his nature is kate gonna have a baby is she incapable of having a baby and wouldn't be something because Kevin is sitting there saying, dude, having kids, misery, misery. And then Randall's kind of wanted a boy. I mean, he's hinted at right. it. Right. And all of a sudden now Kevin, Kevin. has a boy. Uh, either, in, again, take development. I'm not going to be take cornered. Oh God, he could have it with Zoe. Either you have it with Zoe or you have it with Sophie. Oh, dear. One, one or the other. Oh, dear. I'm leaning. I'm, 
You want it to be I, Sophie. I'm leaning Sophie. I don't want it to be Sophie. Well, because we're not in the Zo- we're not in the Zoe camp right now. I'm out on Zoe. Yeah, I, I'm leaning Sophie, but I'm I'm willing uh, when it when it suits my argument later on. I'm able to make it Zoe's. Okay. <laughs> when <laughs> you it just makes want me, Kevin to have a baby no matter what. When it makes me sound smarter, I'll say Zoe. Okay, but I think it's going to be Kevin having a baby. Maybe Kevin will adopt. No, I don't think that's going to happen. He could be like Sandra Bullock and say, "I don't need a partner." I want this. I'm a movie star and I want this. It's it's a it's a possibility. I actually see I think Kate adopting sooner than Kevin. Okay. That's, well, this is uh, an interesting hot take. All right. It's a hot take. So you're let's ready? close it up. All right, let's close it up. Sorry guys. We know we went a little over more than usual. We just had a lot to say in this episode. Even though it wasn't everybody's favorite, there was still a lot to say. Speaking of a lot to say, we have a new iTunes review from Searching for Wonderland. Love Marion Blake. I was so happy to find them covering both Outlander and the Leftovers. Go listen now. I knew this is us <laughs> is highly suggested for them and to watch and was over the moon when they did it. I love the playful banter and I giggle out loud when I'm not tearing up. You guys, season 3 is coming and uh, she's just happy that she has the companion podcast here for season three Hi-oh. so i'm really really thankful for everyone who's taken the time to write us a review on itunes we now have 55 reviews All thank right. you thank you thank you for your time remember the 56th and the 62nd review get a free t-shirt of any t-shirt in the mary and blake store yeah i'm mary my name is blake and this is us too That's for you, Kay. That's my girl. 